Every day, I am getting one step closer to having another healthy baby, and Caraway Home is helping me do that. Their ceramic, naturally slick surface cookware allows you to cook with minimal butter. Uh, they're very easy to clean, just a little warm water, you wipe it down. And the best part is, is that Caraway products are made without any toxic materials like BFASs, BTFEs, and a bunch of other things like I can't even pronounce. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, right now, visit Caraway wayhome.com slash TSFS to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive to my Sarah Fraser Show listeners. So visit carawayhome.com slash TSFS or use code TSFS at checkout. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. It's time for you to see what all the fuss is about, read about their five-star reviews and why so many TSFS fans buy Caraway Home. Order now. I just had a fabulous listener email me and she said, Sarah, does Nutrafol work for men too? You better believe it. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement for men and women with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. Hello, me included. Nutrafol changed my life post-baby and postpartum hair. Amazing. Also, a lot of women going through menopause say that Nutrafol works for them as well. And like I mentioned, it works for the fellas. Take the first step right now to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering my TSFS listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and you enter the promo code TSFS. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hair care stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code TSFS. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code TSFS. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Natasha Alisa. Uh, Hi. How are you? (laughs) Summer. It's summer. Oh my God. How is summer going? Tell me everything. Like what? Because uh, all moms can relate. School is out. When did school end in Montgomery County for you guys? Well, technically Montgomery County kids are still in school, but both both of my kids ended like last week was their first week off. Was it last week or was it this week? That's how much it's affected me. I don't even remember if it, it was middle of last week was when the girls got done and then Harry was done last Friday. So this is my first full week of everybody being off. It's insane. I feel like when you're a kid, you know, you are like counting down the days till summer. And even as an adult, as the school year was winding down, I was getting excited, like, oh, my gosh, I don't have to set an alarm to wake up in the morning. No more the insanity of giving, getting everybody to school and making sure homework's done. But there was this, like, little bit of dread coming up, too. Like, oh, my gosh, everything I get done during the day is now gone. Like, that time, <laughs> how am I going to do this? And, yeah, after one weekend, I can officially say I can't get anything done. It's 
are I, I don't mean, know. I don't know. Summer is not like yay fun anymore. Okay, I have a million questions. First being are like I just saw this story on the news that summer camp, you know, because everything like has been hit by inflation. Kids summer camps like have doubled in price. So but also I, like I don't even think this story made sense to me because it doubled in price. So parents are having a hard time affording it. But then supposedly it's like doubled in admission. So I I don't even understand that. Like it's so contradictory. But the bottom line is they claim summer camps are really hard to get into and now very expensive. Are, did, any of, did any of your kids ever go to summer camp? Are they doing that? So that's one thing that like Peter was really good about was making sure that summer camp was booked at the beginning of the year. Like he was the first one on the waiting list or not even the waiting list, like the first one in line to get the girls into a really good camp at a school down the road that lasts, you know, like most of the summer. It's a huge chunk. I uh, That is not my stray. <laughs> I'm like get through each day as you go, maybe plan for the following week, not plan six months ahead. So I try, tried to get into that same camp for Sophie. Sam wants to get a summer job. You know, she's about to turn 15. She's kind of over camp. And by February, it was already full and on a waiting list. It's like, are you freaking kidding me? It's February. How is summer already booked? Holy so... I screwed the pooch on getting Sophie into camp. Harry, we found a few like half day camps to do, but it's like they're only from nine to noon. And I don't know about other moms out there, but I have this dread of starting a new camp. I know he's going to freak out. He's not going to want to go. I think he'll enjoy it once he's there. And at this point, I have to try something. But that's only going to cover like three or four weeks out of the entire summer. Oh, plus to nine to noon is awful. camp, gymnastics camp, all that crap. Oh, my God. So I don't know what we're going to do. I'm like losing my mind every day as I'm bored. And every day, like I wake up feeling guilty from the day before that like did I do enough did I get them out enough and it's just I don't know every day like the first couple days it's exciting like okay we're gonna not do screen time I'm gonna get the kids outside all day long and then you get them outside and it's I'm hot there's bugs I don't like it I want to go home and uh so we've just been We've been getting through one day at a time. Now, with like a half, a half and half of you have to go outside. We have to go to a park or do something and half just sitting on yep. the, probably like watching TV. You want to watch that? You want to watch a little YouTube kids? I guess we could do that for, you know, maybe an hour. Okay. And then Natasha, earlier this year, we talked about Sam because did say it was this Sam's like eighth grade graduation this year. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh, I posted a little video of her graduating and it went insane. That kid got more views than any of my videos have ever done. But it was just, yeah, she graduated and people in the area basically watched her grow up. You know, people yeah. always comment when I post about her. I remember hearing her heartbeat played on the air. Like when Peter announced we were pregnant, he played the ultrasound heartbeat. So like people have watched her grow up and she just graduated eighth grade. She's going into high school. She wants a job like oh my God. my big girl. Um, Wait, did you guys ever, I don't know, is it for public knowledge yet? Did you ever decide where she's going to go next year? 
Has she decided? Yeah, we figured, no, we figured it out. I'm not going to say like the name of the school. We figured it out. It was her second choice. It wasn't the one that I basically, you know, embarrassed myself by (laughs) publicly pleading to the school to take her in. But it turns out that school was really not taking anybody because they were over capacity from years before. So it was her second choice, but it seems like a really good school. She's not super excited, but I think she's going to. She's going to get there. I think it'll be good when she's there. um, Going into high school was always, you know, especially your freshman year is, I I, I don't know. Some people have a great freshman year, but the freshman year is really tough. You're always like bottom of the totem pole again. You know, you're starting over like, yeah. And it's high school. What group were you in as a freshman? Were you in like the cool kids group or was it just starting from scratch at the bottom? Um. It was starting from scratch at the bottom. So, you know, I mean, I think, you know, from my personality, like I've always been super outgoing. I mean, even in fifth grade, I think I like ran for class president and got it. I mean, I've always been, I don't know, you know, a popular kid, but I've always hung out with people in all different groups. Like I was never, you know, never like made fun of other people or everybody was always included. I always had like, you know, we'd have like bonfire parties at my house, like the whole class was invited, all that stuff, right? So uh, always cool kid. <laughs> always inclusive. Oh my god, I don't even know. My my children will not be as wild as we were. I, I don't even know. But anyway, um so but freshman year of high school was actually my most difficult year. It was really, really hard. Be- really? For many reasons. My dad had just passed away. So it was like, mm-hmm. you know, nobody really talked about that, but everybody, of course, in the school knew. And um I found it really intimidating at first, like being, because I'm sure, I don't know if they do this now, but they had that curriculum where you would be in some classes with like seniors, juniors, like everybody was mixed. Like it was almost like pre-college, you know, getting you used to being with different age groups. So Mm -hmm. um, I found that really uh, tough. And then um, I started, I I still took the bus, I think, too, sometimes. And so then I would um, talk shit about this one girl. And I can remember freshman year, she was like a junior or something. Anyway, I don't, I can't even remember why I talked trash. But another friend of ours, like, I think told her that I was talking shit about her. And then she came out and confronted me one day when I was like walking into school and like got in my face and like everybody was watching. So I was mortified that I almost got beat up. And it was like this all. So I actually almost, I went to West Cassett High School. I had such a rough freshman year. I almost thought about transferring to a different school. And I'll give my mom a lot of credit. My mom was like, why don't you, you know, you have to like learn to work through adversity. Like you, there's a lot of kids that you went to middle school going to this school. And I can remember in high school too, um, Wiscasset took a lot of kids from other towns. So you had a lot more new kids coming in. So my mom was like, why don't you start the first half of sophomore year? Give it a shot. If you don't like it, we'll transfer. But you should tr- you should go back and really try. And um, then I went back and I loved it. And I had like the best time and I dated a senior and uh, it was like so great. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, wow. I think it, I was, uh, yeah, I was really happy my mom made me stick with it because, um, you know, sometimes things take time and sometimes like stuff that you, you at first you're like, oh, I don't think I fit in these kids I don't like. And then sometimes they end up being your good friends like a little while later. I find that to be one of the hardest parts of parenting is knowing oh. when to make your kids stick it through and when to save them. You know, 
so hard. That's always hard for me because there's that, you know, they're coming to you crying and you see they're hurting and you want to just fix it in the moment. And it's so hard to know when, when should I push you to get through this? And if I push you to get through this, are you going to be like screwed up the rest of your life and (laughs) need therapy? Cause I should have listened to you and made you not do it. For me, that's one of the hardest parts of being a mom is knowing where that line is. Oh, it would be me too. Like, I don't even know. I think my mom did not want to spend money on a private school or pay tuition to go to a different school. So I think she basically was like, oh no, you're going to stick it out. This will get better. And I can remember too, what sport did I join? I think I joined track and field that year. Like I did something different and that kind of mixed it up. Um, and got me meeting new people. And then, um, and of course, you know, that senior class, I think the girl that I was talking shit about maybe graduated. So like they were gone, you know, it is hard though. I, I feel like I'm going to struggle with that too. When to let them quit. And then when, because that was like such a great, that was a great lesson for me to like stick it out in adversity and not be cool. And people didn't really like me. And then it kind of turned around. I will say the move of dating a senior gives you instant credibility in high school. If you, I, I, I was always unpopular and everything. And at some point, I think I was maybe a sophomore, I dated a senior. And he was like at the bottom of the totem pole at seniors. It, well, he was at the bottom of the cool group. He's yep. still in the cool group, but he was definitely at the bottom. I remember Andy Layden was his name. And we dated for a little while and that's when like my social status did a 180 finally. Mine did too. Mine did too. On the core move of dating a senior because it works every time. Tell Sam that's the, uh, that's the secret. Not that you want that, (laughs) but it was true. Rob Pano was that senior boyfriend and he, it was instant status. And he like, he hung out with all the cool older kids. So then we went to party, you know, and then like you meet those kids and they're like, oh, you're cool, you know, and that did yeah, that gave me a lot of clout. I know. Yeah. Such bad advice. <laughs> horrible, like a feminist horrible. woman. <laughs> but it, it's true. Advice. It worked. It worked. Totally. Oh, do uh, as I say, not as I do. That's what my mom always says to me. <laughs> it's so true. Well, that is going to be very interesting. So Sam is going to be a freshman in college, uh, in high school. And is, Sophie will be in what class? Sophie's going to be an eighth grader. Yeah. This summer, Sophie turns 13. She's finally like officially a teenager. I feel like that kid has been a teenager for the last three years. She acts just like a teenager, but she will officially be 13. And Sam is going to be 15. She wants to get her driver's permit. It's like, when the heck did these kids grow up? Natasha, you you have such the gamut of, are you, how are you feeling about the next like four years? I mean, you're going to have a middle schooler. You already have a middle schooler. High schooler, you have like a second grader? No, he's going to go into kindergarten. He's going so I'm like at the oh beginning God. of at the beginning of high school and the, the beginning of elementary. Kindergartner, <sighs> freshman in high school, and a middle schooler. Oh, my God. What are, are you? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, in a lot of ways, it's nice because... Wait a minute. I can't think of a reason why it's nice. (laughs) 
yeah, it's just, it's hard that they're all in different things. I guess if I was trying to scrape for the positives, I get to test the waters first before like Sam's my guinea pig of learning what high school is. And she's such an easy and self-reliant, responsible kid. Like she makes it easy on me to kind of figure out what high school is or whatever it is she's doing first for them, the other two. But no, it's, I don't know how I'm going to do this next year going to three different schools. I call him the Nozempic Ben on Ozempic doctor. I'm talking about Dr. Applin and his wife who founded My Optimal Body. I am so happy about this. These are the first mindful eating-based doctors I have ever partnered with. They see patients nationwide, and they are seeing more patients who have been on Ozempic, and Ozempic has failed for them. What makes My Optimal Body so unique, and why am I endorsing them? It's because Dr. Applin actually looks at food additives, your, your addiction to food, your mental health. They do a whole look at you, including your gut health. Many of Dr. Applin's patients are working out, restricting their diets, and still gaining weight. Why is that? Because something's going on in your body and with your mind. Visit MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment. Be sure to tell them the Sarah Fraser Show sent you so you can qualify for a free personalized assessment, plus a bonus free 30-day supply of their gut repair product when you sign up for a customized plan. Again, that's MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment. How about getting up to five hours of your life back when you sign up for Hungry Root meal prep and delivery service? I'm obsessed. I have ta- I've tried a lot of meal prep boxes. This is one of my favorites. In fact, I actually emailed the client to see if I can get like a year's supply. <laughs> They're like, Sarah, use your own damn code. Anyway, right now, I want you to go to HungryRoot.com slash TSFS because you are getting 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. The average Hungry Root customer saves five hours a week. Ah! That was us. On top of that, um, you can pick from vegetarian, keto, meat, anything that you like. Right now, Hungry Root is offering TSFS listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. As I mentioned, just go to HungryRoot.com slash TSFS to get 40% off your first delivery and get those free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash TSFS. Also, don't forget to use my link so Hungry Root knows who sent you. Yeah. Uh, it's hard. I don't know what else to say. It's hard. Um, you need some, but I camp. wouldn't change anything. I mean, I wouldn't change it for a minute. On one hand, it's like, oh my gosh, I only have four more years left with Sam before she's off into college. That breaks my heart. But then, on the other hand, it's like, well, I have this kindergartner, so I am going to have a kid for the next, you know, sixteen years. Uh, It's crazy. It's it's wild. It's wild. It's wild that they're there. I cannot believe that. Oh, my God. So let me ask you, because I've been thinking a lot about this, because Sam is, you know, I had the girls in my late, at 28 and 30, I had the girls. So I was the, on the younger end of the moms, you know, in in the parents of the classes. And now with Harry, I'm kind of on that older end. And my goodness, when he gets to high school, I'm going to be... I'm going to be in my 50s. I'm going to be the old mom in the parents Okay, club. you're speaking to the oldest mom, but go on. <laughs> right, well, that's what I was going to ask you. You know, you've got a little one and hopefully you're going to have another little one. How do you feel about being like the old mom when they get to middle school and high school? Look, I can't even tell you how many people I know now 
through egg donor, through their own frozen eggs, whatever. Having having a baby at 46, at, we just met someone, you know, we're fair weather, believe me, we're not that devoted Catholics, but we go like once a month. You know, we met this couple at the Catholic Church at Easter. She was 47, did an egg donor and just had a second baby. And they have like a 13-year-old and now they have a newborn. I, you know, just when I think like Schman and I are going to be old, I'm like, oh, no, no. I know. I literally could count. I know three people that are 46 and older that have had babies. So I'm like, they're going to be 66 when the child is 20. So that's insane. That is insane. I, KJ, my mom's already a grandmother at 66. I know. I know. Uh, It's changed so much. So I don't even, I really don't even think about it. Do you? And like, and I honestly think. I I do in a way like I, I don't like it. I don't like being the older mom. It's not so bad right now while he's in kindergarten, but I feel like by the time he gets to middle school and high school, then I'm going to see a little more of a divide in the parents. And I, I like being the younger one. I don't know why it bothers me, but it does. Like oh. I don't like it. I don't like being the older mom in the group. Really? Mm. Wait, yeah. why Why do you think, what is it about that that bothers you? What What is it? Just like, this, you think there's like a stigma or you just feel like you look older? It just makes like, me what feel is old. It? it just makes you feel No, old. it's not. I don't really care what other people think. And honestly, I don't even think other people really notice, but I just... I don't like having it blatantly in my face of Mm. I'm a younger mom and I'm just starting out on this journey and I have, you know, all these years to still have time with the kids while I'm still younger. And it's more like it just shoves it in my face that I'm already going to be like that somehow like time is running out that. I have this little guy, but I'm going to be in my 50s when he's the girl's age. And that's halfway done with life if I'm lucky and I live to 100. So it just it's I think it's just my own somehow inside inner voice issues of you're old, you're old, you're old when I see the young moms. It's so I used to feel like you know what's like the, the craziest thing I used to feel that way too and I w- and I lied about my age forever and then the, really oh my god yeah I used to tell people all the time like I was I was born in eighty two but I used to lie all the time tell people I, I don't even know why I would I would tell people I was born in eighty four like it made any difference like two years made that much of a difference like it's so stupid why didn't you say eighty six makes me feel better though like shave a bunch of years off I would always be like eighty four you know like, I don't know. <laughs> But it's so weird moving to Hollywood, like, which is bizarre because you would think Hollywood would have the opposite effect. Moving to Los Angeles at 39 or 40, whatever I was, um, at 39 was actually changed everything because here you see people in every aspect of entertainment working at all ages, at all ages. And of course, you know, people, especially in cities, right, where they have a lot more disposable income to have a child at 45, you see so many mamas for in their 40s having babies. So it's like, I don't know. It actually changed my perspective. Like, oh, I don't know why I care because these people are just getting going and they're like 40 something. So... And ironically, like the place of youth changed my perspective yeah. on age. I would never have guessed that in a million years. But that's that's nice to know that people are, you know, 
still appreciated and working when they get older in Hollywood. Yeah, I thought it was 29 and you're done. No, I actually, I always say to people now that I live in Los Angeles, which I'm still a very new Angelino, but I really don't feel, LA is a city for the young, but it's not a city for the naive, you know? Like, I actually think mm-hmm. if I'm, I'm so glad I moved here. If I had moved here, like, right after I left the Kane Show, 2013, when I was 30, 31, I would be dead. Like, this, it's it's just, you can't, yeah. oh my God, there's just too many, um, there's too many hustlers here and scammers and people come here to be something t- entirely different. And if you aren't savvy to, you know, I mean, people offer you opportunities all the time. Most people are full of shit. They're not real filmmakers. They're not, so you don't know what you're getting yourself into. You have to be, I think that's why Nepo Babies, that whole trend, like Nepo, a Nepo Baby is the baby of a celebrity or like in, in any industry. A Nepo Baby is basically a baby that has a leg up because their parents are already in the industry, right? I think part of the reason that so many Hollywood kids go into Hollywood is they're already seasoned to the biz. You know, they already know like who's trustworthy, who's not, you know, who is a scammer, who's not like whose production company is on the up and up, who's like trying to fuck everybody to give them a role. Like, I think you have to be you have to be pretty savvy or you have to have like a really good manager or your parents really involved in your life because it's. It's an overwhelming business here. I love it. I almost moved to LA when I was like finishing up college when I was 20, 21. And I I think I probably would have, maybe I would have been eaten alive because I was very naive about it. Like my girlfriend and I made this plan and we're like, we're going to wait tables. We found an apartment we could afford. Like, we're just going to start our life in LA and, you know, be an actress and stuff. And now that you say that, I'm, I wonder how that would have turned out. And a lot of people move here and then leave because they don't anticipate. It takes a long time to make it in this business for most people. You have to really grind it out. You know, are you willing to be broke? Keep grinding it out, going for your dream, keep hustling. It's really hard. So I think people- Do you watch the show, The the Other Two on HBO? No. I guess it's now HBO Max. Oh Oh my gosh, Sarah, you would love it. I know we were just talking about you don't want a lot of TV. It is- hilarious it's so funny and they're like siblings they're three siblings and they go to LA because their younger brother becomes basically like Bieber he becomes a YouTube star overnight and goes in the music industry so the two older ones go with him to make it in Hollywood it is so funny it's one of the few shows that I like laugh out loud when I'm watching okay you I'm would gonna love go watch it, it. okay all I'm about watch Hollywood it. and the industry and just like makes fun of it it's hilarious I mean but I'm obsessed anyway, like so I, I know. watch the other two I love it I, I mean I love LA I, I can't recommend it enough like I if you're if you're in the entertainment business and you love Hollywood it's like it is the mecca it's amazing you see celebrities all the time it's just it's the best and there's so many opportunities but you just have to be I think smart you know I can see how people get just swallowed up and like bad things can happen it's just you know you're preying on people's dreams like you know you're so it's, it's, you have to kind of be, anyway, really savvy. But, um, okay. So we, we now like know your summer plans. We know the, the girls. <laughs> we and- now know that I have no summer plans. <laughs> we know That's the girls. meant to say. We know Harry's like. Uh, summer of survival. That's what I'm calling it. What else is going on in your world? 
you know, I told you mine has been all doctor's appointments, follows up for Schman. KJ had an ear infection. A lot of people are like pushed to get oh. tubes in his ears. Did any of your kids have tubes in their ears? How many ear infections has he had? Well, that's the thing. He actually doesn't at this point. Dan's actually taking him to the pediatrician as we speak. He, from the pediatrician's point of view, he hasn't had enough ear infections in a short period of time to warrant getting tubes. So I'm curious what people think. All right, we're in June. He just had an ear infection this past week. The one prior to that was in April. And then the one before that was in November. And it was actually like a couple weeks because he had an ear infection in one and then it went to the other ear. So it was maybe like two and a half weeks of ear infection. So basically the pediatrician was like, look, he's had three in six months, seven months. So unless he has one more in a short period of time, he doesn't really qualify for tubes at this point. Any of your kids have tubes? Yeah. Like people? And- no, none of mine did. They all get had like an ear infection here or there, but nothing, nothing like that. Harry probably gets the most, but he has maybe I don't know two a year, maybe mm. three in a bad year. So it's not, it's not that bad. And I don't know about KJ, but with Harry, I feel like he gets over it really quickly. Like we do antibiotics. I know some doctors do say you can just push through without it, but screw that. My kid can feel better in 24 hours. Like, give me the pink bubblegum medicine. Um, And then, you know, he turns around really quick and doesn't get another one for, you know, until months later. So it's, so no, none of mine have had tubes and I would be nervous about getting tubes unless it, I mean, it's all about benefit versus reward versus risk. You know, if, He's miserable all the time because ear infections are awful and painful and just miserable for them. Then, yeah, I would think about it because you don't want your kid to be in pain all the time. But if it's something that he's just having a bad six months and maybe he's going to outgrow after this, I would. Tomorrow, only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tomorrow, only on Disney+. Plus. I would maybe wait and see. I think... But I've never had to make that choice, so... We put this up, I put this up on my Instagram and most people were like, oh my God, the tubes are a game changer. Get the tubes. And if you're going to have an ENT, ears, no, ear, nose, and throat evaluation, ask them about his adenoids. I don't even know where your adenoids are, I guess. Like, I don't know, in your throat? They're like somewhere like in your throat? Yes, they were like, ask about those because lots of times if you get tubes, like a couple years later, they're getting the adenoids removed. But most people that put it up, like their kids had had an ear infection every month for like four months in a row, five months. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I don't, I don't, I think we have to take a wait and see approach because he he hasn't had that, he hasn't hit that marker, you know, like to make it enough. Because they have to put them under for tubes, right? They have to put them under for tubes, um, which people say can be traumatic. <laughs> Mostly for the parents because you're watching them like take the baby away and then they're there. But for the baby, it's like a 10 minute procedure. It's like 15 minutes. But um, so I don't know. I mean, I'll find out more today. Everybody says they're a game changer. KJ's little speech therapist says they're a game changer. Um, But I don't want to do it. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. I don't want to do it unless we have to do it. Yeah. Well, 
Just kind of wait and see then. So that's what's going on with me. Anything else Freaking with you? kids, I know. man. Oh, yeah. Once you have them, they're always, it's always something. They're always, always something. They're so selfish. Like, yeah. just chill out. Can you just, like, take care of yourself for a little while and let me relax? Ugh. No, there's not much else going on with me. Just trying to figure out a summer routine. You know, I saw this post on Instagram that actually I wanted to see what you thought about because it so relates to where my head is at this summer because I do not want the summer to just be wasted days where the kids are laying around doing nothing screen time out the wazoo you know I don't want it to be that we don't have that many we don't have like amazing travel plans Harry's going on some great vacations with his dad but we're moving halfway through the summer and my parents are in the middle of moving in Florida which is like our escape so it's just we don't have great vacation plans but I do want the summer to be something that's like meaningful and they look back on fondly. So I saw this um, post and she wrote, moms are constantly caught between the need to be present and the need to be productive. It doesn't just make us feel guilty. It leaves us feeling in a constant state of not enoughness that exhausts us even further. I don't know if I've ever seen a post, like a little meme that I could relate to more than this one. I literally wake up feeling or go to bed feeling guilty that was the day enough. You know, was I was I present enough with Harry because he's the one who's in my face the most like, mom, let's play hockey. Let's play a game. Let's go outside to the park. You know, he demands my attention. So I want to be present with him, especially because I know He's going to be, you know, at his dad's a lot of the time. So I want the time that he's with me to really count. But then it's, was I doing enough with the girls? Was I giving them enough one-on-one attention? Am I doing activities that they like to do? Not just dragging them to activities their little brother likes to do for the sake of getting them out of the house. It is a constant state of not enoughness. And then you add on that major extra of, I'm trying to be present in my kids' lives with whatever I'm doing with them. First, it's the doing something with them. And then it's, I want to be present while I'm doing it. But this house is not going to run itself, you know? Every morning, like, there's dishes that need to be done, you know? The house needs to be vacuumed. The dog needs to be bathed. There is an, I need to go through my emails. There's an endless to-do list of necessary productiveness and I, I am in a phase right now where I'm finding it impossible to balance the two, to balance being present while also getting shit done. So <laughs> I'm curious. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> oh, I, I'm, you need to have like the magic answer, Sarah. I'm depending on you to know the answer to this conundrum. Nothing. I mean, all I've found from being a parent is like what people say, like you just you like it was to go back to earlier when we said, you know, the hardest thing about parenting is like is really knowing your kid and like knowing when to push, knowing when that they're right, knowing when like, you know, when do they need to face some adversity? To me, I think the mom thing is or dad thing, too. It's just it's always I just don't know what parent feels. I don't think you talk to any mom that feels like they've done it all right or they've spent you know all the time they've wanted or quality time because but I mean I I think I just try I go back to like things that you learn in therapy right of like 
giving yourself credit at the end of the day for a couple good things that you did do, right? Because we're just our society is a society a society about improving in every aspect, right? Looking younger, looking hotter, looking skinnier, look, you know, being better at business, being the top of this, you know, being the best mom. Or even like being good at mental health. It's like good at mental meditating? health. Are you doing self care? So I think it's just you never it's like it's never gonna get done and you know you never need to get it all done I just think you just have to like celebrate oh my god we had an hour today where I was really present and Harry and I had a great time and yeah for four hours after that did he watch tv yeah but we created these like fun memories I mean I think that's all you can do because otherwise you just stay in this cycle of like like you were saying you know did I do enough with the girls and and you know it's great for Harry to have to go along with a day where you just do something with Sam and Sophie and he has to go along with that because right I mean right we want our kids not to get their way all the time because that's not how the real world works when they leave us so you know I mean I think you do a great job and and you're so lucky I mean you know this anyway but you do get to have this quality time with them and um you've worked really hard in your life to make that happen and you've been through hell to get it so it's like I think you should just try every day to like enjoy that hour hour and a half and I'm with you I have KJ all the weekends and every weekend I'm like oh you know did we do enough but I'm like let's go to the park Mm -hmm. let's have a popsicle let me be present off my phone just with him. And I'm like, that is a a great amount of time. You know, yeah, could it be four hours? Sure. But his attention span is of a two-year-old. So (laughs) that's like an hour and a half is great progress. But I Well, that's what I was going to ask you. You know, I know KJ goes to like daycare or, you know, his little school during the week. But like on the weekends when Schman is working and it's you and KJ, how much of your day would you say you spend, you know, being present, interacting with him, which includes caretaking, like feeding him, putting him down for a nap, that stuff, versus being productive and getting stuff done with work or around the house or, you know, whatever. How, right. how do you divide it? Well, first of all, I think the saying one child is one and two is 20 is like, the truth, right? So I think, you know, when we do have our second kid, we're going to find out like how much more because you have three, like at all different ages needing different things. I think that's a whole nother challenge. With one, I would say two to three hours every like Saturday and Sunday, you know, we I know we always go to the park. He loves a park around here. So we go there for a good hour. And then, you know, he still naps. Your kids are over the napping phase. So when he naps, that's when I can do like pick up the house a little bit, check my email, all that stuff. So I'm still in this. See, I don't have that yet where KJ is like, okay, mom, like it's summer. I don't want, you know, you can't do an hour worth of work. Like I want to go out and do something else, you know? So right now the balance works, you know? Yeah. I'm now remembering what that age was like where they napped. That was nice. (laughs) Right? You remember you had an hour to yourself to do whatever. Take a shower. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And his little attention span is so, so short. And he's just, the kid has so much energy. It will be, he'll wake up. When he wakes up, I have, you know, maybe like 30 minutes where he's still waking up and he just chills and, and, you know, watches Sesame Street or something while he has his breakfast. 
And then that kid is ready to go. Like just yesterday morning, it wasn't even 9 a.m. And he was like, mom, I got the hockey sticks. Let's play hockey. This is new fun thing. Favorite thing to do is just to hit a ball back and forth playing hockey. And as soon as hockey was done, I was like, okay, bud, I need to eat. Like I haven't eaten yet. I'm getting woozy. And I got maybe, you know, five minutes to shove some like little egg McMuffins I had made in my mouth. And then it was on to the next thing, you know, let's chase, let's, you know, chase me around the house and blah, blah, blah. So it's just, it's, it's constant go, go, go with that kid unless it's screen time. And it's so hard because screen time does keep him still. It would keep him still for hours if I let it, you know, that kid could just zone out and watch it. And I always feel so bad when it's, I've got to vacuum the house, you know, or I've got to get through some emails. So I let him do it. And then it's like, oh, I can't just, yeah, it's just for me, it's just damned if I do, damned if I don't. Like, I feel so guilty when I walk by and he's clearly looking like a zombie zoned out on a screen for an hour, but I need some time to get stuff done. It's just me in this house, you know, as the adult, nobody else is gonna, you know, pay the bills or, you know, do the adult stuff around the house. So I guess I just. Do all your kids, I have one I, last question for you. Do all your kids have chores yet? Yeah. Because actually, this is something that was funny this In week. Theory. <laughs> is it hard to get them to do it? Because we we got yeah. feedback from KJ's little preschool. They, they expect the two-year-olds to pick up like when they're done. And KJ doesn't pick up because we pick up after him all the time here at the house. I never even thought to start making him put his trucks away. I don't even know why. That's like bad parenting. But. Um, and they were like, hey, you know, he could really work on learning to clean up. Like, and they're always like, all right, friends, you know, time to pick up. And KJ never wants to pick up. The other kids are like picking up their dolls and everything. Um, your, and I'm like, Dan, we every night that has to, we have to like start him. He needs to put away his own toys. Do your kids do any chores? And is it hard to get them to stick with it? Oh my gosh, you have to start the cleanup now. And like, I find the easiest mm, way okay. is before you're allowed to start a new activity, you know, help mom clean up whatever it was you're doing, pick up the, the trucks and cars before we take out the kinetic sand or whatever it is. But I got the same messages from Harry when he was in, when he was KJ's age, when he was like two and three of, he really doesn't like cleanup time. You know, he just doesn't do it. Can you work on it at home? And it's still, it's still hard. He's the hardest to get him to do stuff. The girls, the girls have a chore list. They get allowance each month, but I mean, come on, their chores are minimal. They alternate weeks with who empties the dishwasher once a week. They have to pick up the dog's poop in the yard. And again, they alternate that and they alternate who gives the dog a bath. And once a week, they have to like totally clean their rooms and put their clothes away. Like that's it for a week. I feel like that's pretty minimal. And even that, oh, and they have to take the trash cans out on trash night and bring them back in the the next day. Every single week, they have the whole week to get it done. It comes down to Saturday night. And I'm looking at the list. I'm like, guys, what you haven't done it yet. And then they, you know, scramble to get their chores done at the very, very end of the week. So in theory, they all have chores, yeah. but that's one thing like my family is always saying, my mom's always saying, she's like, those kids can do more. You know, you need to make, let make them carry some of the weight. But you know what, man, I feel like 
the more I talk out loud, I hear myself saying, I feel bad, like that phrase over and over again. I really need to get some therapy over mom guilt. I feel bad making them pick up the slack that if I had a husband, he would be helping with, if that makes sense. Like the kids need to be doing chores and taking care of their own shit, but they wouldn't have been emptying the dishwasher as much if I had a husband that was still helping out with stuff around the house 50-50. Like their chores increased after he and I separated. And that seems unfair to me, but yeah, I think I'm eternally maybe making excuses for my kids that somehow I feel bad about blank, whatever it is. And then I let them get away with not doing more, but yeah, that's, that's where I have like a whole inner dialogue with chores. It's ridiculous. Well, you're not the only one. And I bet a lot of people will send you feedback about what their kids do for chore lists. And, you know, you have to do what's right for your own family. But, um, yeah, it's a tough start one. Start now, though. Start now. Because it's so much harder if you wait until he's four or five like Harry is now. On it. Yeah. I, I once posted a picture of Sophie's room, which she killed me for. It was like a quick video because it was such a disaster. I mean, it looked like an explosion in there. And I asked, do you clean your kids' rooms for them still? Like your tween teen. And I'd say it was right down the middle, 50-50 of moms that said, absolutely, if they don't do it, it doesn't get done. That's their responsibility. They're too old for me to clean up after them. And half the moms that say, yeah, they'll never do it. So if I don't do it, it never gets done. So yeah, when they go to school, I go in and make the bed and tidy up the clothes and stuff. But it was I was surprised. I thought more moms would be like, absolutely, I make my kid do that. But it was pretty 50-50. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I, no, I like, I mean, I think that's my parents did make us pick up. Not every day, but, and I think that stays with you because you know, I mean, once you go to college and then roommates, uh, like you, you really quickly figure out the kids that are just like pigs. And I, I just couldn't live with it. You know, like, I mean, I'm not the neatest, but I just can't live with somebody that, you know, I, I had some roommates when I first moved to DC and it was like, oh fuck, I just, I can't be with somebody that like their shit's all over the place. They could never clean up their dishes constantly. Again, you know, everybody's tired. So like once in a while, but, uh, no. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm kind of. My mom always came in and made our beds in the morning after we went to school because it's just like her OCD kind of would go crazy if all the beds weren't made. But so it was nice that she did it for me, but That just kind of taught me the lesson, not that somebody else is going to do it for me, but that when you start the day, you should make your bed once I, you know, moved out. I love a main bed. I don't know. All right, mama. Figure it out as you go. But yeah, I would say my biggest takeaway from one week of summer being done is finding that balance between being present and still being productive now that you don't have the time that they're in school. That's one that I would love to hear how other moms find that balance. Or do you just go to bed at night going, you know what? I did the best I could and that's okay. They're all still alive. They're relatively happy. There you go. That's enough. 
Um, all right, Mama, I have to love you and leave you today. It's crazy day here. Um, but I know people are going to want to give you advice. So people can always DM us. They can always send their thoughts and opinions, please. We should read more of them next week because I feel like I've had a couple of others since, totally do that. since we, uh, you know, different topics that we've covered. Um, as always, it's at the Sarah Fraser Show across all platforms. Where can people find you, follow you? At Miss Pink Monster, MS Pink Monster. Love it, Natasha. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.